0: Chris, I mean, I just I'm so bored of both the Yankees and the Astros doing well. I'm I'm cheering for whoever comes out of the National League. I've no particular beef with the Phillies or the Padres, so uh I'm I'm team NL. What what's wrong with the Astros? What's wrong? Great question, Chris. Uh <laughs> let me This is your first year watching baseball, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'd be like so it's just like you really hate Jose Altuve that much, I guess.
0: I mean it's just like A they've been around forever. They've been in like Yeah, that's cool. The last eight World Series. Um and B they cheated back in the day. This is still the same core. <laughs> it's, it's not core. It's, so,
1: it's actually a completely different core. Well it's still Look L2 Van their... Bregman, that's the core. Was Bregman even playing in twenty seventeen? Yes. Don't I guess kid he was. yourself. But he, he wasn't a central piece. It's it's Altuve, let's be real. It's Altuve, and then look at their other top players. It's Verlander who either wasn't on the team or wasn't benefiting. Was he on the team in twenty seventeen? Yeah, I think. Uh so. he was traded in twenty seventeen. Um Jordan Alvarez, no role in this. Kyle Tucker, no role in this. Jeremy Pena, no role in this, and then they have amazing pitchers.
0: So I feel I like Yes. But it's the organize it's organizational rot. <sighs> but they also fired their
1: organization
0: (laughs) true actually that's true all right chris out here with the pro astros take we're gonna our numbers are gonna spike in texas
1: i i like the astros personally i've always liked the astros um always liked the astros wow and if you want to you know george springer plays for the blue jays now yeah i like him (laughs) oh interesting seems like a good guy (laughs) i don't think he did it um but like my take on the astros is they didn't, well, I mean, they probably did something that other teams were doing, but they, it's not as if their actions were so outside the bounds of what other teams do in baseball to get advantages that they need to be, like, pariahs. And also, like, the the very next year, the Red Sox cheated, and no one cares.
0: No yeah, one cares. Yeah, they did also win the World Series that year, too, didn't they?
1: Yeah, 2018, and Alex Kor was their manager. He's back with the Red Sox. No one cares. You know, no one, uh, the stink does not follow Mookie Betts or Xander Bogart's around. It's uh, it's a bit of a double standard, if I'm being honest.
0: You know what? That is fair. I will give you that. However, I'm still bored of the Astros. Same team every year. I like the Padres and the Phillies. We haven't seen either of them go far in a long time. So that's why I'm cheering... For the San Diego Phillies and the Philadelphia Padres to win the World Series.
1: And speaking of winning the World Series, I think you, listener, are about to receive the ultimate prize, another episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling. Now, we kind of got away from the tagline for a bit. What do you think about that tagline?
0: I love that tagline. I'm, I've I'm always been established as pro that tagline. I think it's a great tagline. Uh, and you're not going to trap me saying anything else. Okay,
1: I will make sure to save this recording to uh, potentially implicate <laughs> you down the road. Um, Griffin, we did not do an episode last week. That's true. We're slacking. We are. It's it's the busiest sports time of the year. We both work in sports. Uh, I know I've been busy. Sure. Yeah, that's a great excuse. Thank you for coming through with something for me. Um, but yes, we were on a break, so we we missed the start of the NBA and the NHL, Griffin. I think we... I don't know. Should we have to pay some kind of penalty to our loyal listeners who need to be updated on all the goings-on in the sports world? Um,
0: I mean... What could we do to make it up to them? We could... Second we could do... home team review. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could re-watch the movie. <laughs>
1: That's brilliant. You know, I'll bet home team really kicks it up on the second watch. That's what yeah, once
0: you once you know that they never once acknowledge the fact that Sean Payton was like kicked out of the league for a reason, mm. you, you're not waiting for it in every scene. To be like, are they ever going to mention this? That this is what he did?
1: Right. Another thing we should mention, Griffin, is it is October, our scariest month. Have you. don't like horror movies? Am I remembering that correctly?
0: Yeah, no, I'm not a big horror movie guy, but I am looking forward to our uh, second annual Halloween Spooktacular, which I believe will be coming soon. (laughs)
1: Spooky soon. Soon Soon-key.
0: Right. Do you have a a sports horror movie you could.
1: No, I was just going to say I watched Halloween Ends. Oh, I've heard bad things. Ostensibly final entry in the Halloween franchise, Griffin. Would it surprise you to hear? I loved it. No, it would not surprise (laughs) me at all. As the only person in recorded history who liked Halloween Kills, I think he, the the master himself, David Gordon Green, really came through on this one. Uh, Corey Cunningham, one of the... Greatest new cinematic characters of recent memory. So shout out to him. Shout out to the film. Uh, An achievement for sure.
0: All right. Well, I will have to watch all the Halloween movies just to make sure that I can understand
1: Halloween kills. Um, Griffin, of course, you will only have to watch the first Halloween and the subsequent trilogy. Halloween 2018 retcons the other films. So it's a direct sequel to Halloween, the first movie. Uh, they say, you know, that Laurie Strode never encountered Michael Myers after the first evening, She doesn't go to the hospital like at Halloween 2, and Dr. Loomis doesn't blow up Michael Myers with a, uh, like, a, I think they're like oxygen tanks, kind of. Oh, they jaws uh, him? They, they basically Jaws him. Uh, Michael Myers never killed anyone with, like, a sauna or, like, a therapeutic that's a, bath.
0: That's a terrible horror it's movie. It's not a though. sauna. It's,
1: a, it's like a hot tub. Uh, he just, like, turns the heat up really high.
0: You, you could just get out of the hot tub in theory, couldn't you? could you yeah, be like, it's getting a little exactly hot in here. I how that
1: hands out. Maybe he, you know, provides some manual assistance, shall we say. But it's,
0: it's retcon, so really
1: Yes, of course, you don't need to worry about this. You don't need to worry about, you know, when the Cult of Thorn, uh, they emblazoned their mark upon Michael and broke him out of jail, the mysterious Man in Black. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. I would watch that one. <laughs> That's the bad one. Oh, no. Well, some would say. But Griffin, we're not here to talk about movies as much as we might want to be. We're here to talk about the wonderful woolly world of sports. And as we said, two leagues making their triumphant returns, Um. even though ostensibly there was an NHL game like two weeks ago for no reason. uh. <laughs> The NHL and NBA now back in force. Uh, at the time we're recording this, last night we saw the return of the NBA. Uh, any any surprises from those two games? Were you surprised that the Warriors uh, trounced the Lakers?
0: I wasn't surprised that the Warriors won, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised by Anthony Davis. I thought he looked hmm. really good out there. And I was also pleasantly surprised by LeBron putting up 31 points. Uh seems like if the Lakers can get that every night, they'll be better than not.
1: I guess so. Doesn't it also kind of bode kind of ill that they both had good nights and it really didn't matter at all? But like, like it is
0: the defending champs. As much as I think the Warriors aren't like the most intimidating champions, they are still the champions. It's a tough tough opening night matchup.
1: Yeah, Steph Curry had a really good game. Um, Did you see Russell Westbrook blaming coming off the bench for his injury
0: uh i did see that this morning big russ energy um absolutely who's more disappointing russell westbrook or russell wilson which Mm. russell w has really let the fans down the most
1: uh lakers country let's ride um (laughs) i think it's Ooh, i don't know because they both were like they were acquired and the people who acquired them were excited because they thought they were getting like the MVP caliber player but then they were sorely mistaken I think it has to be Westbrook because yeah. like yeah I mean do you think that'll go down as like one of the
0: most what were they thinking moves in NBA history
1: that could be true of virtually any team that trades for Russell Westbrook <laughs> fair but especially this Lakers one yeah i mean like, i think why? everyone knew what was going to happen and then it's playing out exactly as everyone expected um uh, but griffin you have kind of previewed our segment today it's you know putting uh, putting those two players from opposing sports up against each other because that is exactly what we're going to do today we have some I, i've called this a pick'em preview griffin you know i like my segment names this is a brand new Gelson segment Brand new business Uh, segment. You like your alliteration too, a Pick'em preview? Absolutely. Uh, So we're going to do NBA versus NHL Pick'em preview. So I have, uh, and I think you supplied one as well. Uh, (laughs) I I, I snuck a couple in there. Absolutely. Uh, We have put together some interesting discussion topics between the NBA and the NHL. uh, And we're going to see which ones we pick. I will give an example, Griffin, and I will start us off with this one. Which of last year's MVP winners has more to prove this season, Nikola Jokic or Austin Matthews?
0: Um, Well, that's a great one to start us off, Chris. Two phenomenal players, highly talented. Uh, I think it's got to be Jokic, though. This is the season for the Denver Nuggets. He's played phenomenally the last two seasons, but now he's got Jamal Murray. And Michael Porter Jr. back, I think he's still going to put up great numbers. But in a tough Western Conference, like with a lot of high-quality teams, the Nuggets have the chance to be one of the best, like a top-three seed for sure. So I think that Jokic, I mean, obviously the Leafs have a lot to prove. We know that. But I think that Jokic really uh, has to come out and show that he can lead his team, especially when it comes to the playoffs, and that he can like play enough defense to stay on the floor in the playoffs. And now that the injuries excuse is gone for the Denver Nuggets, like this is their year to take the next step.
1: Are you, I, I don't feel totally certain the injury excuse will not return, I must say. Are you at all concerned, Griffin, about their depth? Because I do really like their starting lineup. So Jamal Murray, they traded for Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, who I really like. Yeah. Um, obviously a key part of that Lakers title team. Uh, Michael Porter Jr, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. That's a great starting five. Like maybe one of the best in the NBA. Absolutely. And then it's Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Deandre Jordan is pretty much their bench and then a couple DeAndre of other guys too. Who... So they DeAndre have Jordan like the three bench. <laughs> they they've like they have Ish Smith, they have Zeke Naji who uh, I remember was on the Pelicans. I don't remember if he was on the pelicans last year but you know he's like a good third string guy but their bench basically runs three players deep and that's assuming that jeff green is still good which is you know not a sure thing although jeff we've talked before about jeff green does that concern you at all that they could and like you know there can always be moves to be made but that does look a little thin right
0: yeah, that does concern me. I like Bones Highland. I think that he's a solid backup point guard. Um, but yeah, I wonder if there's a move to be made for the Denver Nuggets this year. Pick up, I don't know, like Terrence Ross. Every year it feels like we talk about Terrence Ross being traded to co- to a contender. He never does. But just off the top of my head, like just some nice bench scoring.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, what they could actually really use is Jeremy Grant. Ooh, uh, unfortunately. Um,
0: Hashtag bring him home
1: sure absolutely like the martian exactly
0: um i rewatched that a couple months ago great movie
1: i have been wanting to rewatch it i think it would probably hold up pretty well yeah. um but griffin i think i have to go austin matthews here he is in an interesting situation where like i don't know dude do, is it incredibly rude of me to like start throwing around overrated as a tag for him i think it's early for you to start throwing <laughs> that around. he just scored that, 60 goals he, but that's what i mean Is like he just scored 60 goals he won the heart trophy is that maybe a little overrating his overall impact on a team and i know obviously like I, we always talk about how one player can't impact everything but like I don't want to get back to Connor McDavid, but I do feel like when Connor McDavid is on the ice, you can always tell. And Austin Matthews, especially in the playoffs, has times when he will like disappear kind of. And it's like he scored 60 goals, but if he can't score goals consistently, which I don't think anyone can really score goals consistently in a playoff situation, like how valuable is a guy who mostly is just, like, a really good goal scorer. Um, I mean, I think
0: he's still pretty... <laughs> like, Austin Matthews, I think whenever he has is on the ice in the offensive zone, there is a very high chance that the Leafs are going to score a goal. Like, whenever the puck comes to him, he's, he's probably the best pure goal scorer in the league, I would say. Better than Ovechkin, better than Stamkos. Like, I think that he is clearly set himself at that mark. And we've heard talk around the Leafs. I think it was one of the writers in The Athletic who said Haley Savian, I think, uh, wrote that the bar that he has set for himself is complete dominance. He's the reigning MVP. Like, and so far it's been a slow start. He only has one goal and one assist in the first four Leafs games. But I do think that when he's on his game, someone who, like, it's, it feels like Alex Ovechkin back in the day, which arguably could be like last year, Um, but, (laughs) but um, yeah, it's just like whenever he's on the ice, if you lose him for a second, the puck will be in the back of your net. That's what it feels like when Austin Matthews is at his peak. So I don't think that it's fair to say that he's overrated. I get where you're coming from, that it's like he only sort of can be a danger when the puck is
1: on his stick in the
0: slot, like, but yeah, like he. He doesn't have, you know, like, he's not going to charge up the wing and deke three guys out. Sort or of even
1: thing. just that like the idea that sort of, like, McDavid is maybe more of, like, a focal point. Like, I feel like with your center, especially, you want a player who can sort of be the nucleus or be the, the center of the solar system. Uh, the phrase heliocentric gets used a lot in basketball, and I think it applies here. Um, the idea that, like, you know, you want them to be sort of a hub, and he is, because he is more of a pure scorer, he maybe is not as as great at sort of being that hub. And Mitch Marner is, I guess, like he exists to sort of take some of that pressure off of him. Yeah, like I, think, I think standpoint. on that
0: line, just sort of the responsibilities are shifted. Like vibe-wise, mm-hmm. it feels like Marner should be the center and Matthew right. should be the winger. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. But I mean, Austin Matthews is very good in the faceoff dot. He's an excellent defensive center. Uh, he's big, and he's said that he wants to put more of a focus on laying the body this year. He's like 6'3", 225. Um, so I do think that we're going to see a continued evolution of Austin Matthews as a more complete player. And I think the Leafs certainly have a lot to prove this year, but I think he is more secure in his reputation than um, Jokic might be, despite the fact that Jokic is the back-to-back MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, the, like, there's the argument. Like, you hear people talk about, like, oh, analytics. No no one gets to watch Nikola Jokic play. Austin Matthews plays on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I think that Austin Matthews' place in league hierarchy is more secure with
1: an off season than Nikola Jokic's is. But then it's like, for example, let's say the Leafs go out in the first round again. Does Doesn't that change your perception of Austin Matthews if he is ostensibly one of the you know, 10 best players in the league for the last four years and has not won a playoff series at all in that time.
0: I mean, I think this sort of goes back to our discussion about who, like, the different ways that we view superstars in hockey and basketball. Like, if the Nuggets lose in the first round, then every eye is going to turn to Jokic. But Austin Matthews could have a great playoff series and the Leafs could still lose in the first round. If Jokic has a great playoff series, then the Nuggets probably aren't losing.
1: Yeah, that's true. But don't you think McDavid kind of like, and maybe it's just last year, like I'm being too biased based on last year. Don't you think he kind of showed that how impactful a single player can be and, or maybe two players, two stars can be on just carrying their team, even if the team isn't necessarily always playing at their best?
0: Yeah, I do see that. I do think Calgary played terribly in that second round series, but um, yeah, no, so I get what you're saying, and I think there's certainly an argument to be made for it to be Austin Matthews, and you've made an excellent argument, Chris, Uh, but just personally, I think that uh, Jokic is the one where it's sort of like he's had a bit of a built-in excuse the last couple years despite Mm. being an MVP, and now
1: that's gone, at least for now. Absolutely. And Griffin, you mentioned the Calgary Flames. That's a great segue into That's our next do. point of discussion. Uh, two big offseason movers, two probably probably the two biggest trades of the offseason. Who will do more to get their team to the next level? The new Calgary Flame, Jonathan Huberdeau, or the new Cleveland Cavalier, Donovan Mitchell?
0: There's another great comparison, Chris. I'm going to have to stick to the hard court once again and go with Donovan Mitchell. I think that his acquisition... I mean, I've been up and down on Donovan Mitchell over the years. It sort of feels like the similar thing to you were just saying about Austin Matthews, where it's like he's a great scorer, but does he really do anything else? But I think playing with Darius Garland, playing with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, like he's really just going to add another dimension to that offense... Um and I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are primed to take a big big leap, whereas like the Flames are probably better than they were last year, but they were still really good last
1: year. So I'd be yeah. cautious about picking them to go to yet another level. That's true. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess the yet another level is like true contender kind of status, which they and can they get did, to. They absolutely can. And they had a lot of rollover from last year to this year. And so it is sort of a weird situation where I guess taking them to the next level is maybe a different sort of scenario than it is for the Cavs who have mostly the same uh, same core coming back. Um, we talked about benches already, Griffin, but the bench of the Cavs is also, I have to raise a few questions. So another great starting five. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Karis Levert, and then the two tandem of bigs, Evan Mobley, and Jarrett Allen. And then their bench is basically Kevin Love, Chetty Osman, Isaac Okoro, Robin Lopez.
0: Mm, I like Okoro. Uh, I like Kevin Love. Are they still paying he... him like
1: $30 million a year? Yes. Nice. Like, don't you think that we maybe like saw the best versions of, well, maybe not Jared on, he's still very young, he, he was always surprisingly young, but like of Kevin Love last year, where he was like a six man of the year contender. Do you think that if he maybe takes a step back and the other guys are kind of plateau a little, that they could maybe bump down a little bit?
0: Yeah, I could see that, but the starting five, like you said, is really good. Um and Evan Mobley, I think, is primed to take another leap. I think he could really start establishing himself as mm. one of the best big men in all of basketball. I mean, I think don't don't tell Toronto, but I think you could argue he was better than Scotty Barnes last season. As much as I, I love Scotty, definitely yeah, it was definitely a conversation. Uh, I love Evan Mobley, but um, in the end, yeah, I think that Huberto is gonna have a great impact on Calgary, and I think that he. Is he's a very different player to Gaudreau and Kachuk. Like he's the the playmaker, the the disher, dropping mm-hmm. dimes. So I think that'll benefit the Flames to have like such a selfless player there. But in the end, I think that Donovan Mitchell is probably a slightly better player comparatively than Jonathan Huberdeau is. Hmm. I'll, I'll say that's that. An I'll make that as tape. well. So yeah, I think I got I got high hopes for the Cleveland Cavaliers this year.
1: Yeah, I guess ultimately the Cavs are much more primed to sort of be a next-level kind of team than the Flames necessarily are. Although, you know, the Flames, I have pretty positive feelings about the Flames. True, for uh, sure, for sure. Best we'll uniforms see, but... in hockey. Wow, interesting. One, what about the Avalanche?
0: Eh. Whoa, okay. I don't love the their shade of, like, burgundy
1: purple. Mm-hmm. I like the logo, though. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, by the time this comes out, we will have seen our first look at the Cavs against the Toronto Raptors, no less. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Griffin, we had two pretty exciting final series, two fairly evenly matched final series, it felt like. Um, which runner-up, Griffin, which finals loser, will have the stronger season, your Boston Celtics. Uh, that's a globe, that's the oh, Royal. I was going to say. <laughs> <let's laughs> one Boston back. Celtics. <laughs> I got in trouble one's... during the
0: playoffs last year for constantly picking
1: against the Celtics. They're not my <laughs> Boston Celtics. <laughs> uh the Boston Celtics or the Tampa Bay Lightning. Certainly I think that there's one way you can lean here which probably is more likely, but what do you think?
0: Uh, Well, Chris, I think I'm going to go against your leaning, uh, not knowing which way your leaning was. Um, I'm going to pick against the Celtics until it eventually proves me right. I don't (laughs) think that the Boston Celtics have that much going for them. Jason Tatum, really good. Jalen Brown, there's been rumblings of unhappiness. Uh, Robert Williams coming back is huge for them. I like the Malcolm Brogdon pickup, but the coaching thing Worries mm-hmm. me. I don't like that. Even though I forget the name of the guy that they brought in, but apparently he's a very Shit. good coach.
1: Of course, Joe Missoula Griffin.
0: Joe Missoula. Big, uh, feels like he should be he a coach perhaps. in the 80s. Big, like, winning time vibes that sure. Joe yeah, Missoula so would be hanging around. He could be Pat Riley's cousin for sure. But I'm, I gotta go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know they're a little older than the Celtics are, mm-hmm. but. I think that they're going, and they're probably tired. <laughs> They've gone to three Stanley Cup finals in a row. But, I mean, the talent on that roster from top to bottom is ridiculous. You've still got Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, Kucherov seems like the best player in the NHL that no one ever talks about when they bring up the conversation for best player in the NHL. Like mm-hmm. uh, Sportsnet, who we both have fond feelings for, I saw did not have him in their top 10 players of the year at mm. the start of the season, which is crazy to me. So I think the Tampa Bay Lightning... I'm anticipating a bit of a hangover for the Celtics, even though they won against Philly last night. I didn't get to watch that game. Um, But yeah, I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning, in a tough division, are still going to prove themselves as the cream. Maybe not in the regular season, but by the time the playoffs roll around.
1: Yeah, that's exactly actually what I was about to bring up, Griffin. It does really feel like a team that will turn it on more in the playoffs or like a team that can sort of like eke out a playoff series win just by virtue of having been there before. I'm thinking of like, even like the 2014 or 2013 Nets, who like were not a very good team, like just having that experience. I obviously I think the lightning are a better team than the Nets, obviously. Um But just the, like by virtue of having been there before and, you know, maybe going up against a team that is sort of on the rise, but hasn't, necessarily had that level of playoff experience. I think that they could definitely grind out a win. Um, Sorry,
0: sorry to interrupt. I I sort of think of them as like LeBron's Cavs in the Warriors mm -hmm. years where it's like they're exhausted. They've been to three finals in a row. So they might like take it a bit easy during the regular season, get some rest days in there. I know that's not hockey culture, but they should.
1: um, And then turn it on once the playoffs start. Yeah, they, I, You know we've talked a lot about tampa's depth weirdly it's come up several times but i am a little bit questioning of their depth right now they don't really have like a second line defenseman right now like i'm looking at their depth chart and it's just missing uh nice which is probably not ideal like you know nick paul is ostensibly their second line one of their second line forwards which i don't think is necessarily where you want from him then it's like, you know, they still have Corey Perry, they still have Ross Colton, they still have Pat Maroon. Those are all guys who... And, you know, Anthony Sorelli injured, Zach Bogosian injured. So, I think they do have time to sort of develop into a better team than they might look like right now. But I think I do still have to go with the Celtics. They are, you know, I guess they're both finalists. kind of the point of the question, but... (laughs) They brought back a lot of their core. I think Malcolm Brogdon, who was awesome last night, uh, is a sneaky big addition that it seems like people kind of forgot about. Um, You know, they brought him off the bench last night and started Derek White. I'll be interested to see if that flips at all. They both had about the same number of minutes. And, you know, obviously they needed huge nights from Tatum and Brown to beat the, uh, the Sixers. So, you know, they're not necessarily gonna blow the competition away but i do think this is a team that could compete for the number one seed in the east is that fair to say yeah i think that the number one
0: seed in the east is sort of up in the air i would pick the bucks but um certainly i think that the celtics will be in that conversation barring any surprise it would be surprising if they weren't
1: yeah that's certainly true um yeah joe Missoula, Missoula oblongata that's my uh nickname proposal what do you think
0: uh well as someone who definitely knows what you're going for i believe it's a part of the brain medulla oblongata no medulla oblongata ah, i see well in that case chris it's a fantastic
1: nickname and you know what griffin i think it actually is a fantastic nickname because the medulla oblongata it's a key conduit for nerve signals and it helps control vital processes like your heartbeat breathing and blood pressure and I think that's exactly what Joe Mazula is like he's not like he's not the meat of the brain he's not the gray matter <laughs> respectfully I'm sure he's oh a very my smart uh, individual um but he's not like you know he's not doing the heavy lifting he just has to like keep the heart beating <laughs> True, uh, he's got to hold the fort exactly he's just here to hold down the fort Mazula Oblongata Uh, We wish him the very best Griffin to turn things from the positive to the negative, which free agent signing will look a worse, you know, at the end of this season, a year from now, whatever, yet PJ Tucker signing with the 76ers for three years, 33 million or Darcy Kemper signing with the Capitals. Five years, $26.25 million. Which one of those is going to age more poorly,
0: Griffin? I think it's got to be Darcy Kemper with the Washington Capitals. Goalies are so volatile. Handing out a five-year contract to a goalie is scary, scary stuff. I know that he played okay with the Avalanche last year, but he certainly wasn't the reason they won the Stanley Cup. And to give him over $5 million a year by NHL standards for five years is scary. Um, I think PJ Tucker. It's only three years and it's only eleven million dollars a year. Like I, I mean, there's a chance that that contract might age poorly. PJ Tucker's a physical player and he's getting up there in the years. But they I don't have think have a great it's, game last night. I will say. Yeah, but there's so much more commitment to Darcy Kemper and so sure. much more of a chance. I think that this goes badly and he just sort of drops off the cliff. So I'm gonna have to go with the Kempster
1: that's Kempster's flatbread. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point, Griffin. The, yeah, the idea of sort of like the level of commitment, especially for a goalie, like even though a goalie is not an every night player, it's much easier for an overpaid basketball player to sort of gracefully or semi-gracefully transition out of their role than I think it is for a person who ostensibly you're paying to be your starting goaltender for the next several years like if that goes badly you're there's really nothing you could do other than like try to trade them somewhere retain some salary things like that whereas you know if pj tucker ends up shifting out of the starting lineup i don't really know who they would start in his place unfortunately um but you know things of that nature there are things that they could do with pj tucker if he fails to sort of live up to that $11 million contract. Whereas Kemper, if there is a problem with him, which, you know, he hasn't been that great so far. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I saw he did not have a great game uh, the other night. Then, you know, they're in significantly more trouble. Something I heard Griffin on a podcast. What high floor, low ceiling. Yeah. The only podcast there is. Yeah. Um, do you think that the Darcy Kemper could be maybe if uh say the Capitals are out of the playoffs and there was maybe like a team that was maybe on the verge of contention they might have you a cool to trade Darcy
0: Kemper months after signing him to a 5-year
1: contract if they're not a playoff team and you're paying Darcy Kemper that contract do you don't, not don't consider you consider signed
0: him Hoping to get more than four months? Like, if don't it was the they...
1: last year of his contract, then sure. But don't you think they signed him expecting to be a playoff team? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they might be a playoff team next year. I, Yeah, I, that doesn't seem like a team where it's going to get easier for them as time goes on, I will say.
0: I, I would be very surprised if, if, for nothing more than pride, the Capitals trade Darcy Kemper this season. Yeah,
1: that's uh, barring know.
0: some sort of unforeseen disaster where they find themselves in a race to the bottom because I'm going to go out of order on the dock here. Chris, you have an excellent question next. If you're if you're ready to move on,
1: you're giving me mm-hmm. a look. Sure. No, I've just uh, I, I was going to say that uh, if if there was a team, maybe Griffin, <laughs> that wanted to contend. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we all get what you're getting. you not being tender. super subtle with it. I mean, you had Matt Murray on their roster. <laughs> I mean... Oh, can we just take a quick aside? It's so funny that Matt Murray is already injured. With all love and respect to him, I hope he is well. I hope he continues to have a a, a great career and great life, but... It is incredibly it's so predictable. funny. <laughs> you played one game... <laughs> And he instantly got insured.
0: <laughs> well, Ilya Samsonov, let's see what you got, baby. hmm uh, We haven't even talked about the fact that the Leafs lost to the Coyotes because I don't even think that's news. Like that's just I'm I was I wasn't surprised. Were you surprised? Do you
1: have any do you have any hand pass takes while we're here? I think uh, that's
0: a really bad call. I, I think they should just allow the hand pass. That's I like that take. No, you can't close your like. You can't grab the puck. But if you can just hit it
1: forwards, go for it. That seems fun. But the thing is, like, even that does seem fun. I agree with you. But even like, he clearly was not directing it anywhere. He was hitting it down. How can you say that he was passing it to something? And like, the rule is basically that you have it's within the referee's judgment, or I guess the uh, the situation room as they're calling it. Um, within their judgment that he's attempting to pass it to someone. But, like, how do you judge that in that situation? It looked like he just hit it straight down, and, like, there was still a battle for the puck still. And then, you know, eventually, I think it was Marner who came in and sort of fished it out. But, like, he didn't gain any advantage. No. no. <laughs> it
0: was Well, it was in the judgment silly. of the famously beloved NHL officials, talk mm-hmm. about, God, that league... It's officiating. I know we all talk about the robot umpires, but that league's officiating si- situation is a disaster. It's sure. I can't. Awesome. I imagine it's incredibly hard to officiate. I have to. Think. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And I. I'm not saying that like the officials are. Like I'm not attacking their personalities, right. but it's just like right. it's so. The problem is that it's so inconsistent, official to official. Right. Sure. Like it's got more judgment calls, I think, than any other sport in terms of penalties, and that makes it hard. But it's just like there are, there's no like, single philosophy on how to official the game. Every ref has like a different policy when it comes to what to call and when to
1: call and how to keep it even. Like anyway, absolutely. But Griffin, I think that you had alluded to, if I'm correct, and uh, where you're going with this, you'd alluded to a race to the bottom, Griffin that was the alternative title for this podcast by the way <laughs> but not bottom of the standing like never mind cut it <laughs> my mom has been texting me a lot saying she listens to the podcast so uh just, just like just do a long bleep on that uh chris is talking about drinking a
0: drink as fast as you can <laughs> racing sure. to the bottom of the glass
1: sure the piggy race as we call it in my family I'm gonna. I'm gonna need an explanation there. Well, this, this is do all of your glasses have pigs on the bottom? No, it's you know like a like like a, like you're being a pig. You're being a pig. You're oh, that's a trough. Yeah, and so <laughs> there are. I think this is this was probably a classic. Uh, you can't shoot me because I have a shield type operation. If you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> you know when like you're playing as kids. Oh yeah, force field. And it's like my exactly. boat goes through forest fields exactly it's that kind of situation where there was simultaneously a piggy race and a savers race so both the mm. first person to finish their food and the last person to finish their food each were <laughs> worthy of uh, of award so i guess you just don't want to get caught in that unhappy middle yeah talking it's like being a child um
0: <laughs>
1: it's, unhappy a middle, middle child
0: no, I'm I'm one of two. There is no middle right. child. Right? Sure. Yes. Uh, the are we cutting all of that? Because the premise to the excellent piggy saver race point
1: was something that we did want to cut. R to the B. No, no. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Griffin, ask the question, and I will tell you no lies. Uh, Chris, I think we are
0: due for two spectacular tank offs this year. Like, cause we have two prospects who it's hard to imagine more hype around Connor Bedard. I think at like Connor McDavid is the last prospect at a maximum to, or I don't know if it's a minimum or a maximum, but. Connor McDavid and barely Connor McDavid. Like he I think wow. is right on that level and maybe since Sidney Crosby have we not seen a prospect as hyped as Connor Bedard. He has 19 points in his first 10 games in the WHL this year. He averages like 14 shots a game. Did you see that? I did not see that. He's ridiculous. And then of course Victor Wembanyama um has been just Rocking everybody's socks in basketball circles. And Scooter. Shout out to Scooter, who mm. uh, will be the number scoot, two least, pick. I believe it's Scoot. <laughs> I, I, I like to call him Scooter. Um, okay, Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun. Classic good guy. <laughs> uh, we're hey, off the rails. Hope, we lasted longer than normal.
1: Hope everyone's listening to Midnight's Tomorrow. Oh, is that tomorrow? Well, it's tomorrow at the time this
0: podcast comes right, out. Right, so we'll probably come out. Around the same time. Do you think that's smart of us to go up
1: against Midnight's? I think this could sort of be like a Midnight's preview show. And I think that is the title of the episode. (laughs) There we go. We'll trick people. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Exclusive leaks. Do you think we could put that in the title? (laughs) Great SEO idea, Griffin. Do you think uh people would be mad? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think they like it. You know, we do get to it eventually. We did we did talk we did just talk about it. Yeah. Um but Griffin, as you were <laughs> building up to and as we have written here in the document, which player will teams be tanking harder for Connor Bedard or Victor Wembanyama, both uh fantastic prospects. Both uh, you know, obviously tanking a little more prevalent in basketball than it has been in hockey in uh in the general sort of life cycle of those two sports. But they did make it a little tougher to tank in basketball, at least to sort of tank to the very bottom. And so I think it's a little more even between uh, teams that are sort of not competing for anything. Uh, Yeah, but don't you think that'll
0: encourage more teams to tank? To be like, oh we like if we're like, five games away from the eighth seed and five games away from being sixth worst? Like, wouldn't you rather be sixth worst and just have,
1: like, almost even odds to the worst team? Like, You would, but I think another interesting element of that is the play-in, because, you know, if you can... It's like, all you have to do is get to the tenth seed and you're in a playoff game at least. And so I think that there's a little more, like disrespect or vitriol directed towards like i think the kings last year were sort of like in the hunt like or you see it a lot in baseball actually as well like a team a team who is in a playoff position or could be fighting for a playoff position then making a move to sort of take themselves out of the playoff position is usually not looked uh looked upon fondly especially by their own fan base like the brewers trading josh Hader this year was sort of a good example of like A team that was in a playoff spot, chose to get worse, and then eventually missed the playoffs. So I feel like that is a factor as well, right? Yeah, but I think if you're the
0: president of the Indiana Pacers or whatever, then... And I am. Oh, oh! I didn't know that. that, That's great news. Congratulations. Um, Yeah.
1: Well, I it's have some those, advice for you then. It's one of those um, governmental systems where the prime minister actually has the power and the president's just a ceremonial. Oh, you're a, role, you're a but... figurehead of the Indiana yeah. cases. <laughs> but I am still the president.
0: I just think, like, if, like, I think there's going to be more than enough teams who are, like, going to be fighting to not get that number 10 seed. Like, they're, like someone's going to be in the play-in unwillingly. I think. Right, uh, yeah, that's interesting. And be because- forced out of the lottery and into their, uh, or at least forced into worst lottery odds. But yeah, like if you're the Pacers, you gotta, like your fan base might be mad this year, but they'll be really happy watching Victor Wimbenyama for the next six. Like,
1: I like that he said the next six years, is implying he is going to be traded oh, for he the would- end of his I just figure a rookie contract and he's out. He's not staying in Indiana or San Antonio or wherever the hell he ends up. Okay, you say so. Um, Yeah, I, it's interesting because I do also think that the play-in is a little, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. That I'm, I'm just sort of looking at uh, the NBA predictions I had this year. So, like, the play-in kind of area, you know, I think the Timberwolves are kind of like the bottom line of like a team that we can be reasonably sure will be reasonably good. And then it's like the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Trailblazers, and the Kings. Those those are all teams you'd say are competing for play in spots, right?
0: Yeah, they're certainly trying to.
1: Right. And then you have the Thunder, Rockets, Spurs, and Jazz, which I think are like the four sort of blatant tankers in the Western Conference. And then in the East, you have like the Pacers... But then there I think there's a lot of teams that will sort of decide to tank a little later on. It's so like the Wizards, the Pistons, the Magic and the Hornets. Yeah, I think, I think all four of those teams. The Hornets will be an interesting one. I think either of the uh, any of those teams could go either way depending on where they're at, you know, 40 games into the season. Damn, can you imagine if the Pistons win this lottery? That would be pretty good Join for them. Casey gonna be <laughs> coaching the next dynasty imagine if Dwayne Casey got his hands on Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> um perish the thought with all you
0: know love and respect of all course. love and respect we're, we're giving it a lot of res- <laughs> love and respect this pod all right I'm Chris 11, we're running so. quite long uh, so I'm just gonna get a lightning take on this last question no explanation which Toronto team the Raptors or the Maple Leafs will win more playoff games and for if i don't know where you have the raptors so we're not going to count play-in games first round playoff series who's winning more games <laughs> potentially second round potentially third yes. round potentially fourth round but who's it's who's putting more w's on the on the ledger in the playoffs
1: it's interesting that you were that you started by saying first round who's winning more games <laughs> is one um, of them winning four Ah, I think <laughs> I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs winning a playoff series is in the freezer. <laughs> like all right. In it's like how many year how many consecutive years have you said that this is the year or have a, a majority of people said this is the year? I'm I would thinking say six. Really six. I was thinking maybe this would be four. Yeah, I guess so. So 2019, they lose to the Bruins, but then that's you know that's a bad loss in seven games. Um, and then they lose to the Bruins as well the year before that. Um, but I guess yeah, sort of in the Sheldon Keith era, it's like the Blue Jackets they should have won probably. The Canadians they certainly should have won. That was the, the one. The Lightning they probably should have won even though the Lightning are a good team. We talked about this previously. And then this year, so it's like, how many times can I keep being like, but this year it actually, like, they're actually good. It's like, they were always good, but they just lose anyways. (laughs) So how can I say that this is going to be the year? It's just like, and I'm not saying it's not going to be the year, but I can't say with any confidence either way, because it seems like how good the team is, has no correlation with whether they win a playoff series. So are you going with the Raptors? The Raptors aren't that good. <laughs> they, well, people the are high are on the Raptors. People believe in the Raptors. The Raptors, I think, will be about as good as they were last year, which is probably a first-round exit or maybe a second-round, depending on the matchup they get. So, who's um, winning more games? Uh, <sighs> no hedging. Yes, that's true. No hedging on a high flow low ceiling. I guess I will say the Leafs just playing the odds because you know they probably should have won a playoff series already. Um, and, you know, they, they did go to some game sevens. So that's, you know, you're guaranteeing yourself at least three wins there. Um, they actually have, I didn't realize how long of a streak they are in of losing in the last game of the series. Oh, it's that's
0: what everyone talks about. It's the longest in sports history.
1: But not just not winning the playoffs, but losing game sevens and things like that. Like, Yeah, no. Time. Wow, really? The longest streak? Yeah, consecutive losses in a winner take all game,
0: and because it's what five years, I think so. Anyway, folks, you just heard Chris House and Jan's version of a rapid fire answer. Um, <laughs> I'm Don't gonna blame blade the Maple Leaf Eastern Conference in the NBA. Gonna be tough this year. Uh, so I'm also taking the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is the year. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more high floor, low ceiling right after this. Are you are you bringing us back I I brought us out. <laughs> I can bring us back. Or are you good?
1: And a welcome back to high floor, low ceiling. That's all staying in. Yeah. We got um,
0: we, we've gone away from the voices on the on the coming back from the break. Did you yeah. did you run out of voices?
1: <laughs> I think I realized that I didn't really have that many voices to begin with. I kind of just always <laughs> went for the same thing. Like I had like Southern accent, robot voice, and that was pretty much... That's where I would tap out. What about a southern robot? Oh. I do declare. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was. You have that to one,
0: admit. That one's for the southern part of our Midwest audience.
1: Absolutely. Um, I Griffin, do declare.
0: <laughs> that one was just southern.
1: Yeah, just a normal southern bell. Uh, Griffin... It's time for us to quickly, because that was quite a segment. We had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, Time to quickly take a spin to the one sport, uh, the big four North American sports, that we've not covered this week yet. Uh, We are going to take a trip to the accountability corner and revisit some of our NFL real or fakes. We did these a month ago. Some of them the jury is still out on. Um, but, you know, I think we're we're in a place where we have a little more perspective, and I think the big thing that I wanted to talk about, Griffin, was the way that we underrated the Philadelphia Eagles. Because, that we did. Because one of the main things that we talked about quite a bit was the Dolphins are contenders, uh, which, you know, we weren't totally sure about, I don't think, uh, hence the real or fake. It was... You know, they were 2-0 and at that time. They had the huge comeback against the Ravens. Obviously, they have had a lot more turmoil since then. They've had their starting quarterback not playing, which regardless of how good the starting quarterback is, I don't think that's good for any team. Um, And then we sort of talked about the idea of the two surprising 2-0s, and as we put it, were you taking the Dolphins or the Eagles? I And then we were sort of talking about, like, 10 and seven was sort of the mark that we were talking about a lot. Well, I think the Eagles will probably be getting to 10 and seven currently six and oh, the last undefeated team. Uh, if you want to talk about another, a little, uh, real or fake we talked about, we talked about Josh Allen being the MVP. I think him and Jalen hurts are now sort of the two front runners in that conversation. So Griffin, what, what did we, what are we thinking? We... I think we've got a lot of things
0: to be accountable for here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Biggest Josh Allen right? one, yeah, for a little bit there, it looked like maybe he wouldn't, like maybe Lamar had an inside track on it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, like you said, Jalen Hurts has been playing great, but I do think it's still Josh Allen, probably the front runner. I don't, I haven't checked betting odds, but I think if you did, you'd probably see Josh Allen at That's top right. of the list. I will have a look at that. All right, I will vamp. Uh, The Broncos are in big trouble. That we said was real, definitely real. The Denver Broncos have probably gotten as much coverage as any other team on this podcast in the last couple weeks. Uh, Terrible, terrible football team. Burn it to the ground. Um, The Dolphins are contenders? Still a maybe, I would say. Uh, Like, Tua should be back this week, probably against the... Advice of anyone with a medical <laughs> license of any kind, except the ones who work for the NFL. Sure. Um, so first of all, just hoping for health for him and that this obviously doesn't go terribly. But if he is back, like they looked OK with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, So playoff contenders for sure. Still don't think Super Bowl contenders, though. Uh, Chris, you have our betting odds.
1: I do. I am inclined to agree with you about the Dolphins as well. But uh, Josh Allen currently, definitely the prohibitive favorite, plus 125. Uh, and then you have Jalen Hurts at plus 500. Patrick Mahomes plus 550. Lamar Jackson still hanging around, plus 850. And then Justin Herbert plus 1800 is kind of the last of the. I mean, even that's a stretch. But you know, what after that point you're getting to Joe Burrow plus 3000. Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, cetera, I mean, I'm Tom Brady. That's yeah. got to well, be. He's plus 5,000. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, I was going to say, uh, there's a little bit of bias. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. Lamar has not looked good the last couple of weeks, but he's playing for a contract. Uh, he's And also, he's a guy who rises to adversity. So, Lamar Jackson, plus
1: 850. Maybe throw wow. five bucks on that. Interesting. Uh, you're then not, you send we me
0: 10%.
1: Is there a rule about betting advice in the same way that there's like medical advice like that was not betting advice we're not I am licensed. not a, I
0: am not a professional gambler. I'm not James. <laughs> what was his name?
1: Uh uh Hold sour of course.
0: Yes, love him. Great Twitter follow. Are they still awesome. doing that show with him and Ken Jennings and Brad? The Chase? <laughs> I watched a couple great. episodes. Didn't like it.
1: I believe that was the sort of a summer
0: I believe that was a, a summer series. We should produce a game show, Chris. I think that we could come
1: up with a good trivia game show. That is intriguing. Oh, this is a classic. uh, Oh, wait, no, wait. Hold on.
0: It it was based on a British show, so make sure you don't read about the British show.
1: Yes, of course. Of course, we all know the British chase. That's a classic. Uh, The current hosts or chasers, they're the chasers. Yeah, they're the chasers. Um, Victoria Gross... Best known for ending the 19-day winning streak of uh, David Madden on Jeopardy. Uh, Brandon Blackwell, who has participated on Jeopardy, who wants to be a millionaire, the Million Second Quiz, and the British Quiz Show University Challenge. He is nicknamed the Lightning... Oh, they all fun nicknames. I forgot about this. Um, So, Victoria Gross is the Queen. Brandon Blackwell is the Lightning Bolt. And then you also have Buzzy Cohen, who is uh, another oh, prominent I Jeopardyist, uh, winner of a uh, Tournament of Champions. Uh, Alex Trebek famously called him Mister Personality. He is the stunner, <laughs> uh, and he did stick with Mister Personality. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. And James Holtzauer and Brad Rutter are still on the show. Ken Jennings, obviously uh, the Professor himself, is now doing Jeopardy, so I imagine he does not have time to do that anymore. Yeah but they really um, cut that it does... budget it seems like yeah but james Holtzauer, the high roller and brad rudder the buzzsaw are still uh mm. still in the mix there i
0: all i think brad rudder's legacy has been wiped out by that terrible performance he had in the big tournament between the, the three of them that was humiliating um this has been chase talk <laughs> new weekly segment <laughs> where we discuss the ongoing roster of chase former talk plus.
1: show like murphy <laughs>
0: Chase Talk Plus. <laughs> That's our brand Nicholson segment, Chase Talk Plus.
1: I there's a lot of insider sportsnet based funds on this show the last few weeks. Yeah. So. We're insiders.
0: We're Sportsnet insiders. No not to brag. We're
1: insiders. If you
0: do not consume sports media in the Toronto market, uh you might be a little out in the cold on those. But, we but love this is fans. good to fill because we didn't really have much for this seg- segment. The last one here, Chris, uh, the AFC North sucks, much like the Live Golf
1: Tour. Good to fill.
0: Oh, uh-huh. nice, nice. Or nice. wait,
1: is he back out? Never mind. I, th- uh, I think he's with Live. Has- no one's gone back to the PGA. Have they? Are they even allowed? Didn't Phil like sort of walk it back though? Probably. He is a spineless coward.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like uh, Phil the- Mickelson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. By all means, the oh, AFC North, as you alluded to, Griffin, uh, we had to hear the AFC North sucks. I, uh, I think there could be arguments on both sides. They certainly, you know, they're not losing as much as they did. I think the Bengals, you know, were owing to two at the time that we said that. Uh, now three and three. You know, they have basically f- all four teams are flawed. Yeah, three and three or two and four. Uh, yeah, I which mean the Steelers are just downside.
0: Bad. Sure. The Browns are morally reprehensible. Sure. Uh, and then the, the Bengals and the Ravens are the big at the pass. Talented but deeply flawed rosters, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess the best thing you can say about them is that they don't have like a terrible team, but maybe the Steelers are as bad as like, you know, the worst teams are like the Lions, the Raiders are one and four. Are the Panthers are one and five? Houston is one three and one. So you know they don't have one of those teams. But maybe the Steelers will be as bad as like the Texans or the the Raiders by the end of the year. Yeah, the Panthers are really bad. They're a really bad football team.
0: But Bryce Young, very enticing.
1: Sure, entice Young. Uh,
0: how how do you do it? <laughs> my my mind.
1: <laughs> it's just remarkable.
0: Oh, that, speaking of Remarkable Minds, I wanted to work this into the podcast. I forgot to add it into the intangibles, but I'm a football freaking genius, Chris. Uh, are you familiar with the website Five Thirty Eight? Yeah. Uh, so they have this thing every week where you can pick the winners of each mm. game and you choose, like, how much to risk. It's not point spread. It's straight winners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in the 99th percentile. Of wow. 538 users. And then ESPN, like Pick'Em challenge, I'm in like mm-hmm. the 96th percentile. So wow. I've decided to become a professional football gambler.
1: <laughs> so actually, there's no that way this was... could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so that thing you heard earlier, that was official advice. Yes. Uh, um. Well, congratulations to you, Griffin. That's very impressive. It uh, certainly you. has been an interesting NFL season, to say the very least. Yeah, um, I did have a good week definitely... last week. Well, you know, it is what it is. Um, we definitely will return with some uh, more current NFL. T- I guess, you know, this counts as current. Uh, we're taking accountability in our corner. We do. Uh, but, but we will be back with some more uh, NFL talk certainly soon. Uh, but next week, Griffin. It's that I love the holiday episodes. <laughs> I You love holidays famously.
0: I famously do. I walk down the street and people are like, guys got holiday vibes.
1: It's just Yeah, everyone just says happy holidays to you, whichever <laughs> holidays At all out, times, right? any time yeah. of the year. Yeah, you know, it's it was Thanksgiving last week, now it's Halloween. Yeah. There's always a holiday bouncing yeah. around in there.
0: Oh yeah. They big, big greeting card. They like to keep it.
1: <laughs> BGC. Yeah. Um
0: sometimes will... they're clever puns and sometimes you just make acronyms. <laughs>
1: please griffin initialisms an <laughs> acronym is what it spells a word like scuba um that will <laughs> have to do it for this week uh next week you may get a little something scary oh, is in it your, gonna be a trick or a treat in your podcast inbox so look forward to that uh for now you can follow us at oh gosh hflc, HFLC podcast podcast it's because the reason that I mess it up is because it's got the runs pod, not to plug, and HFLC <laughs> podcast. And so I, mm. I mess it up sometimes, but it's HFLC podcast. Um, I'm going to post a TikTok and an Instagram
0: this week, guys. I'm going to do it. I think there's some good stuff from this episode. So if you just finished listening to this episode, I mean, I guess it's just going to be content. It. You already heard it. But I uh, like it's 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 a great way to share it with your friends who don't listen to the pod. Bite-sized.
1: Absolutely. Much, much. Um, you can follow <laughs> Griffin at Griffin497. You can follow me at C. House and Jane on Twitter. Uh, listen to Got the Runs. Listen to Bevy of Bevies and our new releasing episodes less frequently Thank <laughs> schedule god i could barely
0: keep up under the constant weight of
1: 20 minute baby, baby episodes. <laughs> but look you know they'll probably be one up soon so keep up with that um I think listen that's it. to uh listen well, to keep, griffin keep commentate your... on york's york uh, university sports Keep your keep your eyes
0: tuned to OUA social channels. Mm-hmm. I think we've got an exciting new project coming soon.
1: Wow. Exciting. And how is the, the commentary gig Griffin? I saw was it you were uh, expanding your horizons.
0: Yes. Week, I, you uh I, I was taking over the second job. The York football season is over. Spectacularly successful football season as York University is want thing. to do. Uh in a way. Um, (laughs) If the goal is to lose every game. Um, (laughs) Technically, they won one game because McMaster used an an ineligible player. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: I love it. Uh, Uh, And you
0: were. Yes, I'm now doing play by play for the York men's hockey team. I did three games in 24 hours last weekend. So, yeah, tune in every time York is playing at home, which, you know, just from being in the city, the vibes are different when it's a York University men's hockey team home game. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you tune in on OU8.tv because you won't be able to get tickets. They'll be sold out.
1: Absolutely. Take my word that's, for it. I will take your word for it, Griffin. Uh, that, I, Although if that is, if you're lying, then that's a bad strategy to sell tickets, I will say.
0: <laughs> I don't want people to buy tickets. I want people to listen to me. I don't <laughs> care about the true, tickets. I <laughs>
1: That will do it for this week. Until next time. Before I lose
0: my job.
1: (laughs) Keep your floors high and your ceilings low.